Welcome to Word of God Broadcast with Pastor Opie Swells from Multitudes Church in Laurenburg, North Carolina. Our prayer is that your heart would be like moistened soil, ready to receive the seed from God's Holy Word. Now, today's message.
forth some at, at 10, 12 exactly in my phone, which uh, I have an app called OneNote where I just take, take notes for sermons and I'll work on it on the computer on the phone. The Lord uh, led me to this scripture that you see on the screen, which is found in Psalm 41 and 2. And, it, and I, at the time, it was just about walking with Jesus, and I just had that, and I wrote it down because it says, as you can see, and we'll just use these scriptures that I think you can see, I waited patiently for the Lord, and he inclined into, unto me and heard my cry. He brought me up also out of an horrible pit out of the miry clay and set my feet upon a rock and established my going. Now, at the time when I read that, I thought, well, this is just a sermon, but that the Lord's, you know, put together about our steps because he then uh, reminded me of Psalm 37, verse 23. You know these scriptures, church, but it says the steps uh, of a good man are ordered by the Lord, and he takes delight in his way. So I started, you know, kind of thinking about that, and that message uh, that morning didn't mean nothing to me like it does right now. And I know that God uses a lot of things to speak to us, but he'll never use anything more than he uses his word. Heaven and earth will pass away, but the word won't. And so this is, this is something that God just started dealing with me about and reminding me about and um, you know one of the things as the Lord was laying this message on my heart that that God uh, just showed me it doesn't matter what my steps look like sometimes we like the steps that God orders for us but then sometimes we, we don't like the steps. We don't know about the steps. But there's one thing that I know about steps. Uh, thinking about my own life, there's always somebody else somewhere that's got steps just a little bit worse than my steps. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Let, let me, now I'm going to tell you, some of these things I'm going to share with you, I don't, I don't understand how, but I'm just going to say it. It might be disturbing to you, but it shouldn't because you see far more uh, graphic things just on a daily life. So up here, we're going to look at Turkey, for instance, as I've already said. In Turkey uh, or, or Syria, a young girl was rescued after being 40 hours under the rubble. Once asked by her rescuers if anyone else was there, she answered that her mother and brother are there as well, but they're already dead. Somebody's got steps a little bit worse than mine. And then, I don't know if you've ever seen what an earthquake looks like, but 
you watch a little bit of this clip, this is what a 7.8 magnitude earthquake looks like from a security camera uh, with everything going on in the background. And then this next video is the moment when a father, a true hero, covered his son with his body during a tra tragic earthquake. As it turned out, this saved his son's life. The son is alive. And this is just a great salute to this father and all the humanitarian workers. And then on this next clip right here, this is a heartwarming rescue of a two-month-old baby from the rubble. This just happened, by the way, in Turkey. And then, again, this is a Syrian toddler that was found alive under the rubble in a province uh, in southern Turkey. Some steps are nowhere near compared to my steps. Amen? And then back in Syria, here's another toddler that is rescued alive from underneath the rubble. Bad steps, bad steps, horrible steps. In Turkey, after 81 hours from the time the earthquake started, an eight-year-old was rescued alive from underneath that rubble. And then in Turkey again, their four family members were rescued alive from under the rubble more than 40 hours. After this is this is this is hard steps right here, church. Hard steps. And this right here is uh, just another clip. Watch as IDF search and rescue experts extract this 23-year-old woman to safety after the devastating earthquake in Turkey. Now, I want you to look quickly because here's a little graph of how frequent these earthquakes, eastern Turkey, 4.4, 26 minutes ago, 58 minutes ago, 4.3, 3.7 hour, 15 minutes ago at the time this was published, 3.9 hour and 24 minutes ago, 3.3 hour and 28 minutes ago, and then a little bit more Bible prophecy here, by the way I got to tell you why I'm telling you this, I want you to look at this clip, or this picture rather, this is a ballistic missile that has the following Hebrew inscription which you see on it, which means death to Israel. God laid that on my heart to include that because until the church is raptured away, you are going to witness the whole world make Israel out to be the bad guy. So I just want to tell you, never engage with me in a conversation or let me be an earshot away from a conversation here about how mean... Israel is because the TV will warp your mind.
Let's go back to that graft, okay? Let's do another graft. You can see how frequent here, 4.6, and then 5.4, and then an hour and 21 minutes after all that, there was a 4.3, a 3.4, a 4.8, a 3.6, 4.5, and 3.9. Now get ready. I saved the worst for last, worst steps. This is a 10-year-old girl protecting her baby brother underneath the rubble. When the rescue team approached her, she promised them to be their servant for the rest of their life if they'll save her brother and her. I want to pray right now. Father God, I pray for these people. I really pray for them, God. I don't know anything close to this, Lord. I don't know anything. There's nothing in my life that can compare to that. So I, with the church, Lord, I pray for these people. I do. I pray for the peace of Jerusalem. God, and I pray through all of it, your sovereign God, and I just pray, God, that you would protect these people. pray you'd have your way, Lord. I pray, God, that you would show yourself strong in behalf of the people, Lord. Give them strength, the people helping. I pray, God, that people would not, you said a great delusion would be prevalent. Lord, help us not be deceived in these closing moments by what the world is telling us, that the Bible has already beat the world to telling us concerning Israel, the place that you blessed, and you said whoever blesses Israel, you will bless them. So God, I pray again that you would show yourself strong in the name of Jesus and God's people said amen. There's three, three sets of steps that there's, there's many sets, all right? Everybody in here represents several steps, several different types of steps that's either being ordered, ordered, or has been ordered throughout the course of your life and will be ordered. But I want to talk about, first of all, God orders everybody's steps, everybody, to the cross. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whoever would believe in him would not perish but have everlasting life. See, God orders our steps. You know, this is not Calvary right here, but God made it possible. He says, unless you come to the Father through the Son, without the shedding of blood, there is no remission of sin. Un un unless you take the path to Calvary, the Bible says that you'll have to suffer forever, and I have to include this every week if I can. You'll have to suffer forever because you rejected that set of steps that God ordered for your life. It's not God's will. Everybody say amen. Amen. It's not God's will that nobody goes to hell. I just want to declare that right now. It's not God's will that anybody goes to hell. What about choice? What about this and all that? Listen, God made man in his own image. 
And he loved man so much that he put a void inside of man that only his son could fill. And he gave every man that he ever created an opportunity and ordered his step. He said, if you don't come by way of the cross, you, you cannot have a relationship with me now. And you cannot, you, you, you cannot live eternally in heaven. You can't do it. And by the way, when you go to the cross, you got to remember, the cross is it, it's a place of repentance. I go, I repent. I, I, I don't go the way I've been going. I repent from this way because this way was sending me to hell. So I go and I kneel. I kneel at the cross. I kneel and I say, God, thank you for ordering my steps. Thank you for leading and guiding me and directing me to the cross. See, it's a place, the cross is a place of repentance, but the cross is also a place where you are covered, hallelujah, by the blood of Jesus. A lot of people always talk about being covered by the blood of Jesus only as it relates to our sin or their sin. But let me tell you, it goes beyond even washing all your sins away because when you are covered by the blood of Jesus, if not even you recognize that, Satan knows that you've been redeemed by the blood, you've been washed by the blood, and you're covered by the blood, and he cannot, as you know, the he can't cross the bloodline. I can take you to an Old Testament reference. He even wanted to afflict the physical body as he still does our own, that of Job. God said, well, you can do it, but you cannot kill him. And that just kept on going because you know what? He cannot destroy you and he cannot take your life. He can't do it. He can offer you suggestions that will help uh Take your life if you decide to do that, not eating right, taking pills or, or, or just abusing your body. I know all of those things, but you know what? God is the giver of life. He's appointed days for my life. He knows the day I, I was born, and, and he knows when I will leave this earth because it is appointed unto man. My steps have been ordered. He's established my goings, and he knows the expiration date down here and as long as I'm covered by the blood of Jesus that's an aggravating fact to, to Satan he don't want that he hates that and so the cross is a place that he orders our steps not just for Calvary's sake for getting saved when we finally make the trip but you know there's not a day, and this is where people kind of get confused or they disagree. I don't care because the Bible says, work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. It also says in Revelation to one of the churches to go and do your first works over again. So on a regular basis through the Holy Spirit, God will order my steps whether I obey or not. He still ordered, Opie, you need to go and you need to do your first works over again. This happens to me on a regular basis, by the way. I'm not just throwing information out here to you. I'm telling you, this is, this is for every person that breathes God's air. I don't care if he's a preacher of a mega church 
or in the middle of somewhere and nobody knows he exists. This is for everybody. Many times throughout your life, God will sometimes a daily basis, if not uh, periodically, God orders our steps and he says, listen, that does not resemble me. You need to go because you are covered. You need to go back and you need to repent and just tell me that you're sorry. And I find myself doing that all the time. I do that, and a lot of people say, well, I'm saved. I don't have anything to worry about. There's so many false doctrines out there, it's ridiculous. And you've got to watch out for them because they're on TV, they're on the Internet, there's pe there are people of, there's opinions. There's so many churches that have doctrines, and the only problem with it is just not in the Bible or it's twisted. But then there's another set of steps that God orders sometimes. Yeah, it's a place of repentance. It's also a place of remission, a place of covering. The cross is. But then sometimes God orders our steps up to the mountain. Now, see, I want to tell you, because this is going to be kind of different right here. Everybody likes these steps when God orders you steps. He puts an order in for you to go up to the mountain following those steps when it looks like there's going to be a lot of blessing going on. But if you remember in the story of Abraham and Isaac, he ordered those steps. Go take your son, your only son, and offer him as a, you know, a sacrifice. See, when God orders your steps up on any mountain, any time, that always represents, the mountain represents a place of sacrifice. And a lot of people are blessed in this world, and they like being blessed, but they forget while they're enjoying the blessing and all that. No, the mountain, see, Isaac was a blessing to Abraham and Sarah. And so every time you find that life is good and you like what God's done for you and blessed you with and how things are going, it always ought to be a reminder to you now for the rest of your life that anytime God orders your steps up the mountain, He's ordering you to a place of sacrifice, church. You go through your Bible all you want to. You will find it peppered from cover to cover. Every time somebody went up a mountain, they built an altar, friend. There were sacrifices. God was blessing. God moved. God gave Moses the Ten Commandments on the mountain. So God leads us. He orders our steps, and we like those steps. He orders those steps up the mountain. But then we forget why we are on the mountain. And then we forget about sacrificing. Then there's all kind of other steps that you know about. But there's a third set of steps that God orders for our life. And we absolutely 
We don't enjoy it. We don't like it. We don't even know if we've missed God. Because sometimes God, God will say, I put an order in today for this season in your life for some steps down into the valley to a bad place. We think, it's a bad place. And you say, Lord, wait a minute, whoa, 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 whoa. I like it better up here, though. I like it, Lord. It's so much more pleasant and comfortable. I know what's going on. And I just, I'm enjoying the way things are. I like what you're doing in my life. I like what's going on around me and all that. And, and, and Lord, by the way, I, I can see everything so much better. I can see everybody much better from up here. He says, but, but come down here because in the valley you can see me much better. In the valley. David said, even though I walk through through the valley of the shadow of death, I fear no evil. In the valley, it's death. It's just death. What's going on? What's going on? What about there? What about there? I'll, I'll go to the cross. The Lord says, no. Because Psalm 40, verse 1 says, that when I cried out to the Lord, that's when he set up, that's when he inclined. And he heard my cry. At 2 o'clock this morning, God woke me up. I don't know what it is, but the past two nights, 2 o'clock, God told me to, he gave me a scripture. He woke me up with a scripture. You see, church, the Lord's coming back, and until he comes back, it's God's will that his work gets done. And this is a scripture God woke me up with while I'm in a valley. Okay? Give honor. Where honor is due. I knew at the very moment that he woke me up. I knew what he I knew what he meant. And so I'm gonna be obedient to the Lord. And I'm gonna I'm gonna just tell you. But for 23 years, Eric and Nikki have been a part of this ministry. And I can't even begin to tell you 
the thousands of things that has been done. I, I can't even tell you. I don't even know where to start to tell you how they have had such an impact on this church, but on my life. And I know for about three months, God has been dealing with me about all kinds of things, and I don't even know what all kinds of things are. But I've had an anxious spirit, and my stomach stays just all over the place all the time. But I told you February the 4th didn't mean a lot to me, but but on Friday of this week, Nikki and myself, and she, we, we met and she had a, just poured her heart out to me and how over the fast God had been dealing with her and Eric and, and showing them how and confirmed more than one way. She made me a copy of a book where God just kept speaking and speaking how God was leading them into a different season and you know, I've never done this ever, ever before. But when God gives you a scripture and he tells you what to do, you, you have to do it. I don't care how uncomfortable it is. This is what happens in the valley. God deals with you. He's dealing with me. And I told, I, I'm going to tell you what I told me. I said I wouldn't buy this from a handful of people. And this is why I give honor where honor is due because they've done too much for me not to take a moment to just tell you God's moving in their life and give honor where honor is due. That's the very least I can do. There's no way me or, or this church could ever compensate her for all the things she's done. And when she told me that they had prayed and God had confirmed and confirmed, and confirmed, I told her, I said, Nikki, if I didn't know your walk and if I didn't know Eric's walk, I would not buy this at all. Because I know, I know how, how much they do. But see, it was about 30, 20-something years ago 25 years ago, me and my wife went through the very same thing. God pulled us out of a very, very familiar place and just said, go. I'll tell you where to go. It's like Abraham. She didn't know. She just said she just knew that God was doing this. And I knew God was doing it. And it's one of those things, God, can you do something else? But when God confirms something to somebody that you know lives right and they walk right. See, I ain't the only one that tries to live right in this church, folks. I pray all of you do, but I know them. They're everything but blood to me on a, on a birth certificate. And I've learned that it doesn't matter, you know, like working, like family. It doesn't matter what 
what things drive one another crazy and ain't another person here or anywhere. You don't do something drive somebody else crazy. But one thing I know, when you are a real child of God and other people are a real child of God, that Christ-like love just overshadows and eclipses anything else. And I mean anything else. The hardest thing in the world for them was their connection. And see, you don't get that. You don't get to choose with God, with, with the youth. When they told me they prayed, and I know God prayed, I know God's been doing with me, I didn't know it, exactly everything. And God's been dealing with me about Gideon for three and four months, and I, I love the Bible story, Gideon, but I hate when God keeps sending and sending. You got too many, you got too many. How many is too many, God? And I know it sounds like I'm just kind of, in therapeutic mode right now. But I want you to know God gave me that message. If it ain't for nobody else, he gave it for me before it ever happened. And I thank God. So, you know, the youth, they'll, they'll be all right. We, we hugged and cried and cried and cried. Lord, we have cried and cried. My eyes about swole. You know, it's like death to me. It's like death. And so, but I, I know God, and I know them, and I believe. I know, I know God's moving. I know God's moving. I don't know what he's doing. And this morning, <laughs> see, God keeps doing things. I, I still got something else to tell you about the valley. But God keeps doing things. About 6.30, I was going over the overpass, going to Biscuitville. There was some kind of food sign, a billboard. And this is what the Holy Spirit, I don't care who believes me today, I don't care. The Holy Spirit said, you know how you like when you're at a restaurant and food tastes good and you want Angie or you want, you want your family to try it because it's so good? God said, you got to remember this. He said, Those, that couple, that's my gift. And sometimes you got to let other people taste that gift. And I can't argue with the Holy Ghost. I can't, church. I don't need a fan base. I don't need a pity party. I don't need anything. But I want to tell you this. Sharing's a hard thing sometimes. In fact, Tyler won't even share his food with nobody. That's mine. If you wanted it, order yourself. That's his line. But he did let me try something the other day because it was Beckham's birthday. You got to do right. So, you know, yesterday, Lord God, yesterday I went and dumped some stuff about 7.30 at the dump and uh, got to go to the youth building. I went in there and I just, I just fell on the stage and just did what I'm doing right now. Prayed, prayed for them. God will bless them. God will bless wherever he sends them. Nikki's so gifted and talented. She gave, told me a little bit of her heart. God Sends her to do some of the stuff like she's done here somewhere just to help somebody out. And I really, because this is the, this is the part that's hard for me 
not, this ain't the only part, but see, and this is another life lesson God taught me this morning. You know, I can't walk in this building. I can't even walk past the front doors where the flower pot is out there. Because when I go upstairs, children's church, and we had different people to help us, but on all this, all these other things, her mark's everywhere. Over at the school, Nikki's mark is everywhere. When I go up to the prop room, I look at all this stuff. Eric, Eric's left his mark everywhere. So God said, you need to tell the church, when you leave, when you die, when you go, is your mark going to be available anywhere? Do you have a mark anywhere? I'm just asking you. Are you helping out? Are you serving? Are you doing anything? Anything, church, besides saying, yeah, my mark's right here. And when, when I leave about 30 minutes after I'm gone, my mark will be filled back in. Because that ain't why you're still here. So, you, you still come, they, 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 they had a great team over there. And, and you ain't got to worry about anything. When I was on that stage, God just said, look, I want you to tell, the, I, I, I want you to tell those, youth, those students this Wednesday night. And, and I'm actually excited to tell you the thing that God put in my heart. And so when you're in the valley, that's also where the moisture is, you know. And in the valley is where all the water runs and, and things grow and turn green. You know stuff grows better in the valley than it does on top of a mountain. Do y'all know that by chance? Scientifically. It's not a good place though. It ain't a good place. And so, but I know God, see. And that's just like with the sharing the food. Same thing with my mama. I struggled for about three, four, five, six months. And one day, I told you all this. I don't, I, you probably don't remember it. But God just stopped me and he said, wait a minute. Wait a minute. He said, I know she was your mama. But I had her first and she belongs to me. And then he reminded me of this all over this weekend. They belong to me, Oakley. And besides, when the person you work with for a long time is married to Jesus and she tells you her and Jesus is prayed about something, you better believe it, church, is all I can say. And so Friday, a couple things happened. And you know, it, it, it was all, I mean, other than the crying, it's, it, it's, it's, it's not what you typically hear out of stuff when God leads people away. I went through the same thing with Tim Locklear. Some of y'all remember Tim Locklear? I was, oh man, because he was such an asset. But I, I knew that if that man told me God spoke to him and was leading him to a five-rest-home ministry in Pembroke, 
God spoke to him and led him. Knew his walk. I remember Stefan Bruns. Out here, I'd say, I don't mind giving honor where honors do. Out there under the carport one day. Now, I know Stefan's got his ways sometimes, but here's the deal everybody's got ways. You got to accept this church. Everybody has ways until you get the glory. And somebody somewhere detests your ways. But in spite of his ways, he said, Pastor, I can't do good German, but he said, Pastor, he said, I just want you to know the Lord for a season right now. But anything you need, I'm here. You know I love you. And I'm telling you, I've said this publicly. I said, I have soon called Stephon Bruins to pray for me as I had any person I know of. Because I know his walk. I know his walk. It's not surface. It's not flashy. I know his walk. And so I believe that. You know, I believe it. So I didn't, I, I wasn't going to do it just because I, I didn't know how to do it. I didn't know how to do it. I just wanted to preach and go home. But when the Lord gave me the scripture, I said, this is, you got to remember, you work for me. You just deliver the mail. You tell people what I say. And then you just got to, you better get out of the way. Because it's me. And I did it. And so, I don't want people making up accusations or thinking or twisting stuff. Because the devil is still the author of confusion. And he'll bring, he'll try to take what God is doing on a grand scale. And he's moving. He's moving people all kind of. He's moving people around in this church. Doing things they never thought they could do. He's moving you around on your job. He's moving you around in your neighborhood. He's moving you around, hey, at your school. Because time is short. God knows what he needs to put where. God might, God might be sending somebody here that can do something nobody else can do. I won't ever forget, and I don't know why God's doing this. I didn't think about Barbara Bacot. But I remember this, and it's still hard, because see, nobody, not that my wife loves me, she's, but nobody wears what I wear. Nobody is the shepherd but me. I remember when Sister Barbara come up, and Brother Woody, Woody Bird, need the piano player. We had three at the time. Sister Barbara, Brother David Leonard, and Joe. And she said, she said, Pastor, I, Brother Woody, they need some help. Do you mind? I said, Barbara, I will miss you so much. You and Brother Bobby. I'll miss y'all because I love I said, but I love Woody. I said, I cannot be greedy when there's three sitting here and that man don't have any. I can't do it, church. So I don't care what you think, what you hear. I told you what happened. I told you what happened. 
I don't care what nobody says about me. I don't care what the devil tries to put in your mind. People are following the leading of the Lord, and you've got to let them do it. And you've got to pray for people. So I go home Friday. I'm trying to finish. And I get there, and Caitlin are there with the children, and Angie and Tommy and Brenda are in the yard. I don't never fool with a handkerchief ever. I knew Kleenex was not cutting it today, Jack, because I don't went through them. I don't went through them. But I, I got home, and they were out there and in the yard. Man, I ain't want to talk about nothing. I'm still numb. I, I knew God was going to do something. I knew. One, thing, one scripture I've learned to learn is to know the condition of your flock and know what God is doing spiritually. And so I, I just know God's been doing stuff. God's been doing stuff. God's been getting, you know, order, 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 all this stuff, all these different things. And so everybody was going in, and I just, uh, you know, I hate to use this term, but I, 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 around Angie and Caitlin especially, I don't, my poker face not good, so I stay away. And so I got Beckham. We got a swing in the yard, and uh, back there, and I was still, oh boy, I was still heavy in it. Lord God, and so sit there, just rocking that baby, kissing his head, listening to that conversation that Joker can have. And I look up in my yard. Ain't a leaf on a tree. And I just say, God, everything's dead. It's just dead, Lord. Just dead, dead, dead. And this is what the Holy Spirit said. I was looking up, pouting, almost getting just upset, Lord. The roller coaster will kill you after a while. While I looked up at all that dead, the Lord said, Yeah, but growth is coming. And then he said, You see, all these thousands of leaves, all these thousands, tens, hundreds, maybe millions of leaves, all through these woods right here. He said, that, All that came from growth. And the Lord said, growth's coming. And I don't think it just means for our church or, or where God may be leading them, whatever ministry they may be involved in. But I believe growth's happening everywhere where people are willing to obey God in the valley regardless of what it means. It'd be nice if somebody said amen right there, but I'll still accept it, though. And so I saw that. And then yesterday when I come up here, you know, just pulling some things together, one of the things that Nikki actually mentioned to me that I think the Lord had laid in her heart about and I may have thought about it. We may have talked about it years ago, but 
about a month or so, maybe ago, we were just talking, and she just mentioned, you know what, I think we, when we were meeting in devotion one morning about just some praise flags or something on them poles over there at the school. I said, you know what, that's it, because I was talking to Reggie and Tripp about the sign and us doing something with grass over there and making it look like it had a life. And so I come up here yesterday and I sat at my computer and I pulled up light pole banner, church light pole banner. And when one of them come up, it was two flags on a pole. One had bare branches and then the other was full of green leaves. I can't make this stuff up, church. And I don't go searching it or Googling it. So I'm nothing but excited about what God's doing here, but I'm nothing but excited about what God's doing through them and with them. And I always say, every time somebody, God plucks up somebody from here and replants them, it's always an extension of our church, so we always need to glorify God. And lift people up. So, I want you to know that I've done a lot of crying and wanted to honor people. But there's people all in this church. God's ordering your steps while you listen to what I'm telling you right now. Because God wants to do something in your life. It may be something so cool. Oh, woo, I love this, buddy. But he might be calling you back. We got to get it fixed. He might be taking it. It's not for you. It's for a reason. You got to sacrifice. We're going home. Or it might be, mm-mm, mm-mm, mm-mm. Because I'm going to tell you about three or four months Stuff's played out, and I've thought about what if. I did. I've thought about it many times. What, what, what if? What if they're gone and all this? And you know what I've done? I'm be honest with you. I didn't even share this with Nick. I, I just throw it down. I get rid of it. I ain't, I ain't dwelling on that. Nope. But see, God's timing, God's anointing, God's direction, you can't argue with that. And I know God answers prayers. When you pray, God, I don't know what you're doing. I just need peace through the process. In the valley, whatever, whatever God's doing, he orders your steps. He puts the order in. You might be walking flat-footed as you can. Chink, he throws an order into an angel. Throw it, drop him a staircase right there going down. Or boom, drop her a staircase going up. Last thing God did, or, or one of the things, was I when I was looking for the second love video for the month, there was one just popped me in the face on the computer screen. Yesterday, I, I had a meltdown again. Had another meltdown. Because it was the Lord. So I want you to stand right now. 
And Derek's going to share it with you before we pray. Sometimes it's not enough to be reminded that Jesus hasn't left you or forgotten you. We need to declare it over ourselves, over others. No matter the season you may find yourself in, no matter the depths of darkness you're wading through, you can join him in declaring the truth that God is light upon your feet, whether or not you can see the next step, that God is your strength even though the weight of life seems to be crushing you down, and that when your job, your marriage, your relationship, your health feels like it's coming to a dead end, there is only one God that can make dead things live again. These are his promises, and they're the only thing you need to declare over your life. So as you step into this next season or this next moment, you can declare that God's not done with you. He's just getting started. You can declare that the good work that he has started in you, he will surely complete it. You can declare that the same God that parted the seas goes before you, goes behind you. You can declare these promises over your life, over your family's life, over the people passing on the street. You can declare these truths over every circumstance, over every season of your life. You can declare that every day belongs to him and every new breath belongs to him. Because we have the power of a living God living inside of us. And this is our declaration. Before we end our broadcast today, I just want to ask you a simple question. Do you know Jesus Christ? Not do you go to church, not do you have a cross in your home, but do you know Jesus Christ as your personal Savior, meaning that you realize you were born into a world of sin and you are a sinner, and you violated the law of God and you've stored up wrath, and for that, you feel bad and so bad that you've asked him to forgive you and you've changed your way of living to reflect following Christ. If you haven't done that, that's exactly what this entire broadcast is about. It's not about a bunch of people or a bunch of money or attending our church, but it's asking you this question, are you ready to meet the Lord face to face and give an account for your life. If you have not done that, or you're not sure, we need to pray right now. And the prayer doesn't have to be a lengthy prayer or an intelligent prayer, but it has to be a prayer of faith from your heart. And you have to pray. You can pray in your own words, but you must realize during the course of your prayer that without the forgiveness of God Almighty, that there is no way you'll have peace with God now or for all eternity. So I want to pray for you. God, I pray for every person listening right now. Lord, that they would understand 
that it's not your will for any to perish, but for all to have everlasting life. And I'm asking you, oh God, to help my friends right now that may be praying to know that you are waiting. You stand at the door. You said in Revelation 3, you stand at the door and knock. You're waiting on us, Lord. And help them to know, Lord, when they call on you, that they can be saved and they will be saved when they pray from their heart and they make up their mind that they're going to follow you. Friend, if you prayed that prayer and you meant it from your heart, you are now a child of the Most High God. Not only do you have an advocate, not only do you have a friend right now that sticks closer than a brother, but you've got the hope of heaven one day. And for that, I am so glad. If you prayed that prayer today, why don't you just take just a moment, if you don't mind, and uh, reach out to us at multitudeschurch.com forward slash uh, saved, S-A-V-E-D. Or you can send us the, a text that just says saved to 910-400-1199. That's the word saved to 910-411199. Listen. We'd like to help you out on your journey, and there's no strings attached. We just want you to know we're trying to finish our course and fulfill the Great Commission, and you're part of that. So let us pray for you, and if you have any kind of prayer request, why don't you uh, share that with us? Uh, we will not reach back out to you and ask you for anything, uh, but you're welcome to email us and let us know what your prayer need is right now, and that's just a simple email uh, to prayer at multitudeschurch.com. Thank you again for being a part of our broadcast, and we look forward to seeing you in heaven one day for all eternity. Thank you for being a part of our broadcast today. If you would like more information about our church or to watch entire services, please visit us online at multitudeschurch.com. You can also find us on most social media platforms.